Good morning, Chalmers. So good to see all of you. I see a few new, a couple of new faces, so we welcome anybody that's new and uh, and know that you're welcome here anytime. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, once again we're out here in your beautiful world and we thank you. I ask you to be in and through this service this morning, in and through this message that I believe comes from you. And I ask for everyone to listen and to understand your word, Father. Amen. So the title this morning of my sermon is Jesus, Conqueror of Satan. You know, even when our hearts are full of Jesus, Satan can still wiggle in sometimes. And certainly we want to know Jesus and have him in our hearts but we have to know Satan so that we can recognize him and kick him out. <clears throat> Titus 3, 1, 2 says, Remind the people to be subject to rulers and authorities, to be obedient, to be ready to do whatever is good, to slander no one, to be peaceable and considerate, and to show true humility toward men. 1 Corinthians 13, 4 and 8 Love is patient, love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It is not rude. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no records of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, and always perseveres. <clears throat> the owners of a company employing a several hundred workers were concerned about the decline in the productivity of their, of their workers, of their employees. And was there, was there dissension among the workers? Was their equipment breaking down? Or were there bottlenecks in the assembly line? They didn't quite know why. Desiring to shake things up, the management hired a new production um, manager with the responsibility of discovering what the problems were and fixing them. If any employees were found to be responsible, he had the authority to fire them on the spot as a lesson to the rest. <clears throat> Determined to be seen as a tough, no-nonsense manager, he decided to make an inspection tour of the facility and on his first day on the job and as he toured the plant, he noticed a guy leaning against a wall. The room was full of workers and he decided it was a perfect opportunity to let them know, all know that he meant business. So he walked up to the guy and asked him how much he made a week and the guy said $300. And so his manager pulled out his wallet, handed him $1,200, and said in a loud voice, here's four weeks severance pay. You are fired, now get out. <clears throat> Feeling pretty good about himself, the manager 
looked around the room and asked, does anybody know, want to tell me what job the goof-off did here? From across the room came a voice. He's the delivery guy from Domino's Pizza. <laughs> you know, in comparison to the rest of the world, we live in a pretty great country here. However, are you concerned about the future of our country? Seems that through leaders, courts, judges, that we are establishing a nation with a distinctively anti-Christian agenda. The values we cherish are under assault. In our scripture from Titus this morning, we hear Paul mention three ways Christians can make positive contributions to our country and be good representatives of God. Number one, be respectful of government and authority. Well, God has created three spheres of authority, the home, the church, and the government. I'll be talking mostly about the home and the church this morning because I don't like to get too involved in government. He, but he did establish these to give us order in the world he created. We are to honor government and church officials because of their positions. And at work, we're to, we're to honor our, our managers, our bosses. Even if we think their character is not perfect. We are to honor the position even though we have difficulty honoring the individual who holds it. And we must show respect. So often we see a very honest, good person go into government and it doesn't take very long in a lot of cases to see them. Um, it isn't long till Satan wiggles his way in and corrupts that person. In many, many cases we see that. And we see it all the time. And what about the church? In Hebrews 12, 15, See to it, see to it that no one misses the grace of God and that no bitter root grows up to cause trouble and defile many. One of Satan's greatest, greatest weapons is to turn one against another. He knows a unified church is a strong church. Church that loves and works together is a strong church. And I feel Chalmers has always been a strong church. That's why I love it so much. But if we let Satan, even in a little, a little, he can take a stronghold and he can destroy a small church. We've seen it over and over. And it's usually because there's a few that grumble and complain and cause problems. And we have to be on the lookout for the demon and come against him in the name of Jesus. So Satan, if you're here today, get out. We don't want you. Get out in the name of Jesus. Get out of any person that you're trying to niggle your way into, God. Get out. Get out, Satan, in the name of Jesus and God. 
You know, there's a long list of symptoms that should let you know Satan is messing with your life, with your work, your home, your church. And I'll just name a few. And if you're saying, uh-oh, uh-oh, I think I might be doing that, come against Satan. Exaggerations of things wrong in the church. Exaggerations. Accusations against others. Prone to make judgments about the leadership, whether that be in the church or in your work. Rumbling and complaining about the leadership. We see so many people that go to work and they don't hold a job very long because they have a habit of every job they have, they're complaining and grumbling. And before long, they're not there anymore. And they don't take their problems to the management or to the board. They take it to everybody else because Satan has a little toehold in their lives. People hold grudges against those who perceive to have hurt you, or you may hold a grudge. Don't do it. Criticism, malice, viciousness, and anger, and thinking you have all the answers. Nobody has all the answers. Gossiping, grumbling, and complaining. When I look at the government today, and I said I wasn't going to talk much about the government, but I'm going to just say this. The Conservatives, the Liberals, the NDPs, the Green Party, and all the other little parties that are there, all they do is run each other down. They never stand up and say, how can I help you to our Prime Minister? How can I help you? How can we work together during this pandemic? No. Nobody's doing anything right. And they think they have all the answers, and yet most of them are doing nothing but complaining. That's Satan working. Be aware of that. Gossiping, grumbling, complaining. Doesn't work, folks. Tears things apart. Now, Chalmers has always been a unified church, and we pray it will remain, and we come against any meddling of Satan in the name of Jesus. Get out Satan, whether it be in the church, at your home, at your work, get out of my life, Satan. And every one of us, <laughs> every one of us <clears throat> have let us get a little toehold at time or another, where we've uttered something mean to somebody or pulled somebody down instead of building them up or just been nasty. And we have to stop and think, uh-oh, is that Satan having his way with me? Get out, Satan, I don't want you. And we see, even in the Bible, in many, many places, we see division. Absalom against David. Absalom was David's son. Eventually, he wanted to take David's place as king, came against him with an army. Of course, it didn't work. And then there was Miriam and Aaron against Moses. They were jealous of his power that God gave him. 
And they spread rumors and gossiped and tried to turn the people against him. And that didn't work. People not respecting those that God has put in authority. The only time we have the right to go against those in authority is over is when they order us to disobey God's commands. And it always boggles my mind in churches, especially in churches when we have volunteers who are wonderful, amazing people and someone complains about the work they're doing. Don't do that. Build them up. Build them up. Number two, be diligent in your work. Our forefathers were a hard-working people. They carved their country out of the wilderness with their bare hands. And life was difficult. Now here's a notice to employees of a store in Chicago in 1858. This store will be open from 6 a.m. to 9 p.m. the year round. On arrival each morning, the store must be swept, counters, shelves, and showcases dusted, lamps must be trimmed, pens made, a pail of water, and a bucket of coal brought in before breakfast. After 14 hours, leisure time should be spent in reading. Now today, at times have changed a little bit. A sign today might read, <clears throat> to all employees, due to increased competition and a desire to stay in business, we find it necessary to institute a new policy. We're asking that somewhere between starting and quitting time, and without infringing too much on the time usually devoted to lunch periods, coffee breaks, rest periods, ticket selling, vacation planning, and the rehashing of yesterday's TV programs, each employee should endeavor to find some time that can be set aside known as the work break. Wah! Little different than way back in the 1800s. To be a strong country, we need a good work ethic. One of the best things we do is work and support our families it's a good testimony to outsiders when our faith makes a difference in the workplace. Number three, be considerate of others. Paul says, slander no one. Be peaceable and considerate and show true humility toward all men. And this applies to all aspects of life. Home, work, church families, neighbors. Alice Roosevelt, daughter of Teddy, was known to have a, a pretty caustic tongue. And her slogan was said to be, if you can't say something good about somebody, come sit by me. Some people are like that. Tell me all the ga gossip so I can pass it on. Satan is ruling their lives. Don't be like that. And they've given Satan a stronghold in their lives. They're not just giving him a toehold. He's taken a stronghold. Christians 
who follow Jesus work very hard at being peaceable and considerate. Do not, time, do not spend time looking for quarrels or spend time arguing with others. Do not be looking for a fight. Do not say demeaning and hurtful words to one another. When you do that, Satan is squealing with delight and our God is weeping. So come against Satan in the name of Jesus. Two women on a train had a discrepancy about whether the window should be open or not and the one said, they called the conductor and she said if, 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 if she didn't get, she, if the window had to be closed or she'd get a cold and she'd die. And the other woman said she'd suffocate if it wasn't open. And they sat there and they just glared at each other. That's not the way to make friends and influence people. Instead, we need to be thoughtful and considerate to others. We, as followers of Jesus, should be shining examples of kindness and love. As Christian, we must always be looking for opportunities to do good to others, to smile, and to speak words of encouragement. Instead of tearing down, we must build up. God tells us, do not neglect meeting together in order to build one another up. So Titus 3.2 tells us, Show courtesy toward all men, don't bully people, and don't act superior. Notice the important phrase, toward all men. Not just those on our economic level or of, a, of the same racial background. Show love and caring to all human beings. Sometimes that's hard. But we can do it because we have Jesus. So how are we doing, Chalmers? How are we doing here? It isn't always easy to work in peace at our workplace, in our homes, our neighborhoods, in our families, in our church. But if we kick Satan out and let Jesus be our authority, we will let our light so shine before men that they may see our good works and glorify our Father in heaven. Let's continue to do that, Chalmers. Let's continue. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, help us to walk with Jesus. Help us to fill our hearts with Jesus. Help us to recognize when Satan is trying to stick his little foot in there, he's nothing. We come against him in the name of Jesus. We come against him meddling at our workplaces and our families. We come against him meddling in our church. We come against him. We just come against him, Father, in the name of Jesus. Because we only want Jesus. And although we fall as human beings quite often, we thank you that you give us the ability to recognize when he's meddling. Thank you, Father. Thank you for this message that you've given us. We love you. Amen.